listening to Radio Reva 97.2 FM. This is Burden of Proof with Colin and Reese. I think we're about to play Kim Wilde, Kids in America. And I'm going to scurry off and go find our, de- our guest who's become lost. Our special the, guest today. Yeah, in the Radio Reverb corridors of power. Indeed. Exciting. Somewhere in a very large complex that we have here. Exciting stuff. Uh, yeah, the, the patriarch of popcorn comedy. As yes. I, as I, as I, uh, you know, I, I thought of that on the way here, actually. It's a very good title. It is a good title. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, so we're going to start with uh, Eels and Mr. Oh, Ease. I thought it was Kim Wilde. You told me Kim Wilde. Oh yeah, I keep getting. I keep. I keep getting. Yeah. No, no, no. no it, it is Kim Wilde. It is Kim Wilde. Oh, Actually, so you made the mistake. I made the mistake. One nil to Colin. My bad.
Tom Petty, Running Down a Dream. That was nice. 
That was nice. And I found our lost guest, lost in the corridors of Reverb. We've uncovered him. He's playing about with what he insists on referring to as cans. Yeah. Because he's a very professional really, media really kind of guy. Yes, it's John Petrie. John Petrie, the, Isn't pa- that exciting? the, the patriarch of, of popcorn comedy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, speaking to the microphone, John, yeah, come on. I just on. can't. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just find it a little bit misleading without having the cans on, you see. I can't hear my uh, levels. Yeah. You just, le- you just leave the cans to me. I'll sort the levels out. Reese has got all the, the yeah, twiddly like, knobs. Reese knows what's what. I've got all the buttons and switches. All I'm saying is back in my hospital radio days, this wouldn't have worked. No. no, this is true. To be fair, as, as I was once a guest on John's radio show, I don't know if you ever were, Reese, I can't remember, but I got handed when I arrived a piece of paper with um, some news stories on it, and I got to choose one that I found amusing to talk about. <laughs> and I thought that was, I remember being blown away by how polished and remarkable that was, given you'd only been doing it for a few months at that stage. A little bit like, uh, a little bit like sort of Steve Wright's factoids. In that kind of, I modelled myself very much on Steve Wright. Yeah, yes. yeah. He's both a, in physical appearance and radio. He's quite, he's quite the Marmite figure, I find. Uh, yeah, my mother, for instance, doesn't like Steve Wright at all. Whereas I find him quite entertaining, especially Ask Elvis, which is, uh, you know, good. What's Ask Elvis? Yeah, I'm lost. As well. I don't even know. I don't know anything about Steve. I'm, Wright. Not, I'm not even going. I'm ill informed. I'm the person who's never even tried Marmite. I'm not even going to try and explain it. To be honest, uh, right. I've not tried Marmite. I probably have. I was meaning that as the metaphor for never having listened to Steve Wright. Oh, I see. Because Reese described him as a Marmite man. Uh, we haven't been uh, on air for a little while. No, it's been quite a while, thanks to Kemp Town Carnival. Because of various uh, various different things. But we're back now, so, you know. Well, that's exciting. Relax. Yeah. yeah, so maybe this show can get repeated over and over again, instead of the other show that it's was getting repeated over and over again. Yeah, wasn't there, wasn't there an issue with libel? Yes, there was. There's, I may have, may or may not have libelled a member of Parliament, which is why I was glad that we ended up repeating that show over and over again. Yeah, three weeks in a row, just in yeah. case that member. Just in of case that member of Parliament really wanted to get in touch and cause me problems, but it's okay now. Who was a member of Parliament in question? Just I can't remember you. now. I'd rather not go into it. No, I'd rather, I'd rather stray from the details. Drag up that libel. No, exactly. Libel let's, pond again. Let's leave it be. Anyway, we are we are blessed to have John with us oh, today. Sh- Reese <laughs> has been very excited. Uh, no, I am excited because uh, because I I see John on a on a infrequent basis and uh, and when we do see each other we're we're running some kind of comedy night and uh, and we very rarely get the opportunity to actually you know just stop and have a chat you know John's barking orders at you yeah exactly John's you know uh, well, he runs a good night now doesn't need me <laughs> um, but yeah so it's it's nice to actually have you in Brighton thanks thanks for down. having me everyone. Yeah, yeah. Quite what, right. What are you up to these days, John? What am I up to? What are you up to? I am. Uh, I'm doing something uh, online comedy thing called Misery Bear, and that's I'm doing that. We did something for Amnesty International. That's very entertaining, today. Misery Bear. And you did the comic relief one. We did I remember the comic seeing relief that. one with Kate Moss. Yes, I um, saw your I saw your uh, champagne coloured golf like golf car driving off at some point during that and I was like that's John's car where does Brilliant. champagne colour it's gold it's wait, champagne I, isn't gold it's kind yeah. of a yellowy yeah. reflectively goldish colour I guess I would call it champagne to be honest if anyone were to know the actual specific branding names of car paint colours it would be Reese. Yeah. he's the yeah. kind of person who'd say no no that's battleship grey yeah. that's the kind of person he is he's a very you watch Top Gear gun metal grey uh, I I watch it on Dave. Do you know? Do you know when you? That's just... a real. That's a real fans. Yeah, that that means you're not even just watching the new ones. You're watching it on yeah. repeat, so that you can res- do you mime the words along with it as Clarkson's but like, but like, belittling uh, a motor vehicle. There was there was numerous occasions when I was uh, working as a supply teacher and uh, and I would be at home, you know, during the day, yeah. and and there's literally very 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 little choice 
of what to watch. So you'd just be like, mm, I'll watch Top Gear again. You don't have to. You and don't have to underplay this, Reese. You can enjoy Top Gear. It's not embarrassing. Have you seen Stuart Lee's uh, rant on Top Gear? It's I have. Yeah, definitely yeah. worth YouTubing. Yeah, well, uh, Colin and I went to Vegetable Stew not, not so long ago. Yes, uh, which has formed October. the backbone of his entire comedy vehicle. Yeah, so yeah. now, whenever I watch this comedy vehicle, half of it I've seen before. But yeah. It's still entertaining. It is still entertaining. Bless and, him. Uh, and he does bring in Nick Penn from Bombains. Uh, to do oh, a little bit of fiddle yes, yes, yes. every now and again, which is which is always nice. But he doesn't give a shout out to Bombains. I know it's probably against BBC rules, but I feel like he should advertise the Bombains. Yeah. It needs more people going to it because it's awesome. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And well, it's amusing pun-based tables. If you are in the know, then uh, you can uh, get a little uh, showing, uh, a, a sort of pre-festival showing of a Stuart, of Stuart Lee. Uh, down in the tiny little room downstairs, which I've been fortunate enough to see once. And there was only like 10 of us. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I remember when you uh, booked tickets for that, and then you booked the wrong day, and we all ended up with tickets to go and see a woman who wasn't very funny, who I believe is Stuart Lee's girlfriend, yeah, doing my, a piece about the Daily Mail. My, Bridget Christie. My Daily yeah. Mail hell or something. Yeah. yeah. Good work, John. He's all right. Good work. Not too bad. It's not when Reese has said, I've got your tickets for Stuart Lee. True. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Lee's... Wife. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so I've got your Stuart Lee's window cleaner. Yeah, yeah. Stuart Lee, infinitely better. Uh, we're going to play um, Off With Your Head by Sleetie Kinney, as requested by Colin Griffith. Yes. There you go.
Trio. Goodbye forever, indeed. Uh, it's been it's been a long time since we've been back, and a lot of things have happened. Yes, Reese has big news. Yeah, I've 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 gotten myself engaged. Yeah, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Uh, see, you're turning more into Steve Wright by the day, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. does he have one of those like kind of posse in his studio? Yeah, they all clap. Unable to support a show on his own. He bullies them apparently. They all oh, clap really? Right. Really? Allegedly. In what ways does he bully them? Is like verbally kind of, or physically? Is that Just some physically, kind of I think. Instead verbally. <laughs> <laughs> Just physical bullying. He's nothing but polite while punching them. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say a word. He Dead arm! Smashes them around the face. Uh, yeah, no, I got engaged. It's all good. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, it's it's entering a whole world of whole world of craziness. Yeah, you're going to have to get a wedding planner. I've seen yeah. the uh, there was a documentary starring Steve Martin yeah. uh, about wedding planning. And there was this French dude called Franck. Yeah, you're going to have to get him I in. I to remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll try and find his number. Uh, you know, if anyone has got his number, then uh, email us on uh, studio yeah. at radioreverb.com with burden of proving the subject title. Makes it easier for us to find. Absolutely, indeed. Uh, yeah, so uh, so that's all good. Yes, very exciting. And and you got a new full time job. I don't think that was announced on air. You're all like properly employed. Yeah, no. Reese has basically during the three weeks we've been absent transitioned from adolescent to adult. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he hasn't changed his haircut yet, but he's getting there. He's going to have a little side parting. Now that we cool with the kids that haircut. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How old are the kids? Oh, spiky hair. Uh, I the, the the kids will be the the top age of the school, so sort of year six. Right, when I start checks. in September. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. And you're not. Uh, no, I'm. I'm not anything. Hey, well done, hey. well done for not being caught out. <laughs> Carefully covering your tracks. <laughs> uh, uh, your sordid past. Uh, 
yes indeed no it's all good it's all good i'm looking forward to it it's 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 a whole world of craziness that uh i'm gonna try as hard as i can to uh stay away from but uh but yeah you're yeah, talking about weddings now not teaching yeah we are, still, we are talking about weddings. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry you're gonna stay yeah, away no. from teaching that's not a good thing you haven't even started just, yet yeah just do us a favor just and i know you won't just don't talk about it all the time no i'm i i I don't mention it to many people. At all. No. You know. He was he was fairly quiet about it. I had to phone him up to kind of congratulate him, and then he, his response when I spoke to Reese uh, over the phone was almost like he was a bit dazed about the whole thing. Yeah. He was just kind of yeah, yeah, I have, <laughs> yeah, that happened, yeah, that actually happened. Well, you've been thing. getting out for like, how long? Have you been together for? Uh, Laura and I have been together for uh, eight and a half years. Wow. So yeah, so basically a marriage already most marriages don't like that long <laughs> yeah. it's true you've been past your seven year itch yeah, yeah that's true you had the seven year itch before you were getting married absolutely sorted um, I, I was having an interesting discussion with uh, with uh, Laura and some other friends just before I came to the radio actually about um, this is a totally random uh, topic by it's the way it's a tangent I just thought it's a completely tangent but uh, I thought I'd get your opinion on it really uh, is uh, if you had a 15 year old daughter and that 15 year old daughter wanted to go to Reading Festival would you let them? I was in this exact position when I was 15? No, 14 and you, when you were a 15 year old I was offered tickets to Reading Festival when I was 14 and my parents didn't let me go Oh right. Okay. So on, got, what, on what basis? On, what on the basis that my mum had worked in Reading and decided all of Reading was a horrible crime filled cesspit <laughs> well, and that I would immediately be shot, assaulted and raped on arrival Right. Yeah. I've, I've, Not been, far I've been to Reading and, uh, and I wouldn't let my but I, I I would let them go to latitude you would let them go to latitude yes see one of the, see see uh, someone in my group was saying that she would uh, allow them possibly to go to Glastonbury yes I, I think Glastonbury is safer well. than Reading yeah, yeah. But Reading's then, horrible it's just got Reading horrible. gets yeah, and Reading certainly the last night of Reading when everything gets set on fire yeah, and everyone's it, throwing all the explosives it gets, in the it gets bonfire, pretty mad Max. they take the lights out um, there was a guy in an ice cream truck who had people patrolling around him like it was that's so yeah I think I've convinced myself and listening to you guys Reading is one for when you're a little bit older what about and Leeds? when you're more able to no not, not Leeds Leeds is worse than Reading yeah. no Leeds, Leeds is, is like Leeds a, is not worse than Reading Leeds yeah. is like a more violent Reading no 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 because Leeds is set in the country in the country and it's it's I th- I thought that Leeds was a Leeds lot is more Leeds a is more vicious than Reading because I, I went to Reading '03 and then Leeds '04 uh, and it was just interesting because uh, one of my friends was saying that she would let them go to Glastonbury but not let them go to Reading. And I thought, well, the thing about Reading is that the Reading is is designed and to cater for you know crazy sixteen to twenty year olds. So they they've kind of got a lot more of the, yeah, but the it's security also enhancements. It's also dominated by crazy sixteen to eighteen year olds, which means a fifteen year old is immediately kind of at a disadvantage. Whereas Glastonbury has a lot of kids there, a lot of families there. It's got it's I think it's probably got much better kind of safety mechanisms if something does go wrong there's more people you go and talk to there's more kind of aid tents it's more obvious where you'd go so. whereas Reading's a little bit more you're on your own I think actually part of it is separating the music and the whole staffed area out from the campsite as well mm. it means when you're out on the campsite you're actually a bit more isolated than you are at Glastonbury where you're yeah, kind it's, of it's kind of lawless country isn't it basically. yeah 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 uh, I hated Reading when I went and I, I'm not enough of a music fan to like it yeah, yeah. I loved Reading but I still I wasn't allowed to go when I was 14 and no. I think my parents were wrong because I should have been able to go because I wanted to go. But for a hypothetical, now that I'm 27, yeah. my hypothetical 15-year-old daughter isn't allowed to go. But I mean, I double standard. The first, the first time that I went to any festival was Reading in 2003. So I was, I was 20 years old, and even at the age of 20, uh, at, at university, um, I was still, 
I still had to sleep this night the night before because I was just thinking of all the horrible things that could possibly really? happen to me the night before. Yeah, but even <laughs> even even last year I went to festival and uh, and I was sitting there going, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and then I'm going with a nice group of friends and stuff. But there's still loads of horrible things that could happen to me, and I, th- I think that's just that's just a general. It's because you. It's because maybe I need to get old. I think it's because you're pretty. That's why. That's why you're worried about. You get kind of prison fears. I was. I think the first festival I went to properly was Reading, and I think I was either 18 or 19. Mm. Uh, and that was fine, to be honest. I quite. Yeah. I was just. I was fairly relaxed about it. I kind of planned ahead for things going wrong by only wearing clothes that were ancient, and I didn't care if they were all lost in a cataclysmic fire. But that's an interesting slide. thing. Like you went when you were eighteen, nineteen, and and I just wonder whether, um, you know, everyone knows that if you go to a festival, then you're gonna you're gonna drink at, at the very least, sort yes. of thing. So why would there not be a sort of eighteen age limit on a festival? Good question. There's a lot of gigs actually you go to. They've got on the tickets. You have to be over sixteen or over eighteen. You yeah. See, I mean, they don't seem to adhere to it a lot, but you do see it on gig tickets. Mm. But there's a general understanding that that if uh, if you go to a festival, then you're going to have some alcohol or something in your tent, and you're going to be underage, and you're going to be drinking it. So why would there not be uh, an an eighteen age limit? I don't know, mate. You should write a letter. You should get all outraged. I might do. Like what's his face from Glastonbury? He's all angry because someone signed the Wombles. Michael Evers. Michael Evers. Apparently, he's upset because the Wombles have been signed to play a stage, and he was all, "Oh, I think that was a mistake," because mm. he's an idiot. Yeah. Because the Wombles will be awesome. Yeah. And to be fair, this year's headline is Coldplay, U2, and Beyonce. It's not mm. a great lineup, is it? That's not a great. Wombles line. are going to rescue that. Yeah. If anything. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, well, we're going to play uh, Red Animal War with um, when I get the feeling back in my hands. Brackets. <laughs> Nothing to fear 
on because uh, to be honest it helps make the sun come out everyone likes it and uh, and we were well I was sort of listening in on a very interesting conversation about travelling around the US of yes because John has just got back from back Chicago, Chicago and Nashville yeah I think of, I, you know I always think of um, I, I, I would absolutely love to I know that Colin you have uh, done several road trips around America and I always sort of vaguely drunkenly promise that I will come with you yeah you always do you and I do I always try and plan it and then you flake out yeah I know I know it's, it's, it's shameful but um, I find it amazing how uh, if you go to if you go to London like I used to commute up to London to London Bridge and uh, you'd be on the train and then you'd, you'd sort of see Canary Wharf you'd see sort of like four or five tall buildings mm. sort of thing and uh, and you'd be like oh that's a big city uh, you know from, from a sort of uh, Brighton sort of a small country a small just a small island point of view like you know big buildings and stuff but what fascinates me about America is that you you went to Chicago and like Chicago has got a whole raft of like absolutely enormous buildings and then you go to Texas and there's like Houston and there's like a whole raft of massive enormous buildings and like like London like that that particular pocket of London Canary Wharf is is the only place that I can think of which has got like proper sort of business, yeah. business related skyscrapers Have rather you than not seen the shard 
<laughs> well, uh, I like the shard. The shard, I mean, I like the shard was being was kind of just in its infancy when I was when I was commuting up there. So I saw it was. If you want to get the just gist, a just little bit of a a building site, really. But the Apprentice opening credits gives you a rundown. They're shooting those skyline shots right now, I think, because that how yeah. developed the shard is 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 always seems to be changing. Have you yeah. seen Andrew Mars Mega Cities? Because there's a thing no, on I Shanghai, actually, and yeah. Shanghai looks like a million times more than any American city. Yeah, well, and this is this is a conversation I've had with a couple of recent because I went to Beijing a little while back, which is another big, proper kind of crazy uh, city. But the one thing I've always had is that there's a sense of the kind of, and I haven't seen the Mega Cities program, but I was talking to another friend about that, which sounded interesting. Um, but there's a sense of kind of a proper city where it feels kind of historical and influential and significant enough and modern as well because you go to somewhere like Rome which is a really impressive amazing city but it doesn't feel like a contemporary city it kind of yeah. feels like this was a great city do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and the only places I've really felt this is significant are New York London and Hong Kong are the only three I've had that have felt that way because I mean like London you stand on say the Millennium Bridge and you look down and you've got well you can see Shakespeare's Globe the Tate Modern Tower Bridge there's kind of a real bricks and you can see there's kind of proper high finance stuff going on and mm. New York has the same feeling to it and Hong Kong has the same feeling to it but a lot yeah. of other cities don't quite no. get there like Chicago didn't for me it I, is a big yeah. city but it doesn't feel I just found myself looking something. at I, but looking still, at lots of still, buildings but wondering what they were yeah it's still got those, these huge skyscrapers oh, there, yeah, like yeah, a collection yeah. of huge skyscrapers that uh, would like there's there's far more of them just in Chicago oh, than there are in London sort of thing and then and then that that's just Chicago and then yeah, well, all, all the other uh, American Dallas, cities that have uh, Dallas is the worst for it Dallas has just got nothing but giant glass skyscrapers but there's something there's a weird feeling to a city when you're walking around it that I I haven't got from those cities that I've got from New York London and Hong Kong so sexy no <laughs> sex feeling sexy no city. not a, not not a sex feeling oh, I'm trying right. to convey a kind of sensation of it being a Sexy. A proper city, <laughs> right? Fit, we're use, like yeah. a fit city. Oh, there, there you go. Now you got it. Sexy wasn't right. Fit was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But actually, when I was talking to Chinese people about Shanghai, they didn't like Shanghai because Beijing is all hypermodern. Let's be capitalist, but it's still got all the old hutongs, which are little yeah. back alleys, and things like that. Shanghai Whereas, didn't clear and all that. Yeah, right. Shanghai. There, as far as I can gather, just demolished it and then built skyscrapers that they thought the West would like. It's, it sounds like it's more like, I've not been there but it sounds more like it's Dubai or somewhere like that where mm. they've just built it but mm. certainly a couple of Chinese people I spoke to um, said that it wasn't China and that's, that's literally the phrase they used was oh it's not China Shanghai it's just a kind of giant corporate thing for banking whereas Beijing's got a lot of the same businesses but it's still kept uh, I'm a capital city and it feels Chinese to them so I mm. thought that was quite interesting that the Chinese themselves it might be different for Shanghai residents but certainly people from yeah. Beijing and other people I met didn't really they thought Shanghai had been spoiled over the last 10 years yeah. by just being demolished and built into but kind of, you know Goldman Sachs has got a tower but that's the thing that's the difference between a, a city which has grown organically with its people over time sort of thing like like yeah. Brighton has got you know all the back passages and all the all the tiny little alleyways that are so inconvenient but at the same time add that's, character. that's yeah exactly they add character because you can tell that Brighton has, has grown up over time sort of thing whereas uh, obviously, with, with like Shanghai, it's just been sort of stuck there, and I, you get the sort of same feeling with Dubai. I've never been there, but uh, that feeling where it's just sort of prefab, if you see what I mean. Just yeah. like here's a city, plonk, yeah. and there's a whole. Other so I think Shanghai is very impressive, but it apparently lacks a kind of heart to it, which I think is another thing. Mm. Going back to my London, New York, Hong Kong thing, which John will say I find sexy. <laughs> Sorry, fit. We we settled on fit, didn't we? Fitty, fitty. Fit there city. we go. Yeah. But no, it's, I think it's it's very interesting how different cities feel when you mm. go to them. Mm. Mm. But I would, I would I would definitely love to to 
do a proper road trip across America. I, I, I'm oh, desperate. It's an to, amazing experience. I'm desperate to go to Seattle, partly because of Fraser. Well, mainly. You've always wanted to go to Seattle just because yeah, of Fraser. Well, well, got the Space Needle. But Seattle is Seattle is obviously the home of Fraser, but also uh, the home of Microsoft and Starbucks, and you know it must and be grunge music and grunge and yeah, flannel no, shirts. Nirvana. You can get lots of good flannel yeah, shirts at their stuff. thrift stores. So uh, it's just this weird sort of pl- pocket of, of creativity. Mm. This kind of weird place. Like, I got to go to the... R- like Northwest Pacific or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, it's kind of... There's al- there was always a line that the people of Seattle and Washington State generally were actually quite... Had an affinity with the British because they've actually got a similar climate. A lot of rainfall yeah, and the rest rain. of it. So it's a big city, but they get, it's not like California where even in Christmas time it's pretty sunny and hot. Yeah. Um, and like, so you San Francisco's, LA, San Diego, places like yeah. that that are just always toasty warm. Do you think that... Uh, if you live in a country which is generally a bit rainy, then uh, it has over time forced people into sort of shelter and sheds and uh, led them to develop things. Uh, whereas normally, if you lived in a nice sunny climate, you would just sit outside with your feet up and do nothing. I think it's made them more, uh, given them more alcoholic tendencies. More alcoholic <laughs> tendencies. <laughs> yeah, because everyone in colder countries drinks way more than alcohol. Yeah, countries. that's true. That yeah, seems to be true. There are there's all sorts of theories about um, human development, though, in terms of the kind of the ideal climate to be in, where you want to be in a climate that challenges people to some extent, but not too much. So you know, North Pole, South Pole, it's kind of a struggle. There's people living there. Humans are amazing at living everywhere, but they're not building giant mega cities because yeah, yeah. it's very difficult to kind of cling on. Yeah, yeah. But if you're somewhere that's really kind of super easy, you don't get the development, you don't get industrial yeah. revolution, things like that. So there is a there is a theory around like, that, let's that you need to be challenged the kind of right amount by your climate and yeah. wherewithal that you can expand and grow and farm and have you know usable land yeah but that you still got enough challenges that you're continue to face up to them you know be it earthquake proof buildings or yeah enough shelter from a rain so that you've actually developed windows well, it kind of makes sense i mean if it's if it's if it's too hot if you live in a really really hot country and it's too hot to work in the middle of the day then you will you will not you will find shelter and sit and do nothing just just quietly sweat as many animals do yeah, yeah there's plenty Absolutely. of animals in really hot parts of the country that just have to sit there going oh god it's hot me. it's really very hot <laughs> crikey um indeed uh well indeed uh, I'm gonna so there you go anthropology time yeah you I go. hope you've enjoyed anthropology hour there you go we pretty much cover every single base on yeah. uh, on burden of proof radio reverb 97.2 uh I'm gonna uh, play a uh, a song by electric light or- orchestra oh to line up you see the Hey Yar Outcast and ELO Mr. Blue Sky in my mind uh, they fit together Four Little Diamonds oh we're playing Four Little Diamonds yeah I'm going to warn you now I'm going to do this on air it's a bit of a slow intro on it Is so it? you might want to hit play early right so we don't have an embarrassing silence just thought I'd share that with you I see what you mean because I've, start, I've started it now and John yeah. with his cans on will be able to hear something I can hear it I can hear it yeah there we go see but it took a while to kick in that's yeah. why I warned there you go okay I mean now we're talking over the song <laughs> yeah 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 That's not a good sound. That's not a good sound at all. What happened to ELO? Something happened to ELO that I cannot quite explain. 
Oh dear! No, indeed. Well, that's terrible. Can we can we skip over the glitch, or are we just going to abandon the whole thing? Well, what I'm going to do is uh, is I'm going to ask you to talk. We can about, pass it off as a remix. Is I'm going to ask you to talk about something incredibly interesting for thirty seconds. Are you going to give me the subject? Whilst you're I, giving me a topic while you clatter CD cases. Um, am I going to give you a topic? Is there something which is topical in the news? There's all sorts of things that are in the news. There's kind of yeah. perpetually news. We've built a whole industry on that. Yeah, that's true. Even that's if nothing's true. happening, we have to have news. Do you know what annoys me about news? What really grinds your gears, the, John? The, the, the BBC news I was watching the other day, and they were announcing about some jobs at a car plant, <laughs> right? And they had a that report, has no impact on you. They had a reporter standing outside the car plant. Yeah. And I thought, why? Why is why she you there? Do, what are you doing there? What, what are you doing? What, what is she bringing to the story by being there? Yeah. Like, is she going to? Interview someone going into yeah, the car block. Yeah, I, I don't. Know. It's, the cl- it's the classic because they do that a lot, where they feel they need to show that they're you know on the scene and have a real life presence. But the best ones are when the person in the studio has access to more information than the person still yeah, outside yeah. the building. Because the person in the studio has got a computer, a research team, yeah. producers, directors. Yeah. The other person's there with an umbrella and a microphone. So the person in the studio has to tell the person who's at location what's happening. It just it drives me mad. Yeah, it drives our, you batty. Our blooming license fee paid exactly. for him to get a car well, no it is true though it, but that is if we're going to do the license fee gripe which I won't really do because I, I don't mind license fee and I no, like I the BBC a lot but the wonders of the solar system programme where what's it Professor Brian Cox oh. will get flown to India to do a 30 second in India they believe in this and then he's back <laughs> why are you yeah. in India now yeah. for all of them they, they do it they do it in Top Gear as well they, I'm in the desert now to they, prove a point they kind Bye. of randomly just just Top Gear put, put a car in in a, in a strange country or like, or like on an I think Top Gear I, turns a huge profit top, for the Top, top Gear is massive but Top Gear does turn a huge profit but at the same time uh, they, they were they were reviewing they were reviewing some car of some kind and and they literally had a three second shot of this car in the middle of the ocean on an aircraft carrier and you're like okay, and, then, and then they just it was, it was James May I think was, was uh, reviewing some ridiculous uh, Rolls Royce or something and they they stuck him in the middle of the ocean on an aircraft carrier, three seconds, and then he was back on the road in England. <laughs> and you're like, how much? Aren't the military very pally with Top Gear though? Because they do loads of stuff with the military. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, again, I, I appreciate this costs money because no matter what they've done, but I know the military turn up a lot. I get the impression they've got quite a w- weird working relationship with Top Gear because it's yeah. about once a season. It seems to be they get the army in to do something, chase yeah. them with a helicopter or whatever. Yeah, I wish yeah. they'd blow them up. <laughs> controversial, John. <laughs> how controversial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to try it with a different song now. Uh, I was really enjoying Four Little Diamonds. Sure. I was I was enjoying Four Little Diamonds until the CD started skipping, and then uh, and then it all went a little bit wrong. Sad times. Sad times indeed. But uh, uh, hopefully, uh, helicopters by Bare Naked Ladies will rectify the situation. Yes, and we... it's about wars and that. And we were talking about the military. We, we talked about segway. And stuff. We talked about helicopters. You could have used a link there. That, that was gold, Reese. This is the link. You this passed up it. some gold. We can't link now. <laughs> when it's we, too late. When we come back, can we talk about? All the stains on your uh, on your top. We can. Yeah, Thank not you. a problem. Not a problem at all. Thanks. This is where the helicopters came to take me away. This is where the children used to play. This is only half a mile away from the attack. Where my life changed in a day And then it changed back Buried in the dead of road And noise and close explosions I do my best to synthesize the sound 
This is where the Allies bomb the school They say by mistake And nobody takes me for a fool Just for a fake Naked Ladies. Indeed, with helicopters uh, slightly more successful uh, playing through of a tune than the previous one. Yes, poor old Yellow. Yeah, poor old Yellow. Uh, anyway, uh, we 
I think we're going to finish on a song because I'm a little bit hungover today uh, and, I'm, and we've only got um, four minutes left. So uh, we're going to finish on a nice song. Uh, not like all the other songs we've played. Not like all the other horrible songs that we've played. Yeah. And uh, this nice song is The End of the World As We Know It. Oh yeah, that's cheery. Well yeah, done. That is cheery. Uh, Isn't The End of the World been moved to October now by that mad bloke in America? Yes. I believe so, 21st of October, yeah. Oh, got that to look forward to then. Do you know, when I was out in, because I was in the Bible Belt, and some of my friends, obviously, uh, are Christians, and they said um, that they all took it quite seriously around the Bible Belt. There really? were lots of people that took it very seriously. Really? We were, like, we were laughing. Were you there for really? the end of the world? Because that would have no, been a brilliant no. thing to be there. You could have had a party. Yeah, no, apparently not. Hmm. But, yeah. That would have been some party. Wow, yeah, would the end of the world party? You could have convinced people who believed in it to buy you drinks all night as well. Yeah, exactly. well what use is your money going to be after the end of the world? Yeah. you might as well buy me this car. Can I have your house? Don't just give me yeah. the drinks. Actually, just give me all your money. Yeah. That would work. I think at that point it becomes a mugging. That's a fine line. Yeah. <laughs> a civil mugging. Yes. Uh, we're going to end with uh, REM, end of the world as we know it, which is not just yet. No. We've still got a couple of months, so you know. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy yourselves, basically. And uh, thanks for joining us. We've been Burden of Proof 97.2 Radio Reverb, uh, Colin and Reese, and special guest John. Say, bye. Say bye, John. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me. <laughs>